Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper reporter, Ann Rogers, a smart, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she covers many events, which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always... Hot copy. Now, listen to a new and exciting episode in which she seeks and finds hot copy in today's story. Murder on the Half Shell. Adapted from the original script as broadcast on radio April 23, 1944. Hello, Pierre. This is Richard Thrasher. I'm giving a little party tonight for some friends. I want a nice, quiet table. By the fire. A good dinner. Wait. What's that? All the tables are reserved. What difference does that make to me? My dear fellow... I hope I'm not going to have to remind you again that I own a controlling interest in the Café Montemarte. I expect and demand certain little courtesies. Unless, of course, you'd like me to... What did you say? Well, now, that's better. A private dining room, then, Pierre. And, oh, by the way, remind the chef to keep the menu simple. You know how delicate I am. I'm not a well man, Pierre. I simply can't stand greasy foods. What? You can expect my party around 8 or 8.30. I'll be driving around to pick up the others. We'll come right to the club. Why, hello, Miss Rogers. What a nice surprise to see you here at the Detective Bureau. I'm assuming that you're investigating a hot tip on some big crime that even I ain't heard about yet. Oh, no. Nothing like that. Actually, today, 
I'm down here at police headquarters for only one reason. Simply to see you, Flanagan. As if you didn't know. <laughs> well, after all, today is kind of a big day for me. I wouldn't have missed being here for anything. Well, Miss Rogers, how's it look? Flanagan, it looks wonderful. Wait till I turn around here a little under the light. There. Does it fit okay in the back? Perfectly. Look about the right length, do you? Exactly. Make me look broad across the shoulders. Well, it does make you look broad. Huh? Oh, yeah. I see what you mean, Miss Rogers. Maybe I ought to go on one of them reducing diets now that I'm a lieutenant. Lieutenant Flanagan, goodness, it seems only yesterday you were just a sergeant. It was only yesterday. Oh, yes. Well, maybe that's why it seems that way. <laughs> Got to have your little joke, eh, Miss Rogers? Well, that's okay with Mike Flanagan. I ain't sure but that I might owe part of this promotion to you. Not that I wouldn't have got it on my own merits, you understand. But you did help me on a couple of tough cases. It's nice of you to say so, Lieutenant. Credit where credit is due, that's what I always say. Oh, Mike, you're simply too kind. Not at all. Just last night I was saying to me wife, Nora, I says, for me money, most newspaper women is a pain in the neck, but now... You take that there, Ann Rogers, that writes second glance. She's a fine broth of a girl, I says. That's a fine compliment from a fine police officer, Flanagan. Of course, I says, she is inclined to be a little impetuous at times, I says. So I gotta sorta keep an eye on her. To see that she don't go off the deep end on hunches, I says. Uh-oh. <laughs> Excuse me a minute. Detective Bureau Sergeant, uh, I mean, Lieutenant Flanagan speaking. Eh? What's that, Joe? A stiff, uh, where did you say? At the Café Moan Martyr. And do you know who it is? A guy named Richard Thrasher, eh? Richard Thrasher? Okay, well, round up the suspects. Don't let nobody touch nothing till they get there. I'll be right over. Well, the party's over, Miss Rogers. Some lug got himself bumped off in a nightclub. Yes, I heard. Richard Thrasher. That's the guy. You know him? Slightly. I never wanted to know him well. I ran into him a few times while I was at one place or another, just doing my newspaper work. And every single time that man would find some way to make a pass at me. But I had absolutely no interest in him. He was old enough to be my father. So I'd always just say that I didn't have time to talk because I was on an assignment for my job. Then I'd simply smile, apologetically, and walk away. What was he, some kind of a uh, skirt chaser? Yes, among other things. Speculator... Shady investor, war profiteer, and all-around slimy snake. Mind if I tag along, Lieutenant? Well, no. However, I'd like you to remember one thing, Miss Rogers. 
I'm handling this case, and I'm a lieutenant now. So, if you get any bright ideas, for Pete's sake, just keep them to yourself, will ya? Or at least, don't spill them in front of the boys. Let's see now. Where is this, um, uh, cafe? Right around the next corner, Lieutenant. There it is. Oh my, look at the crowd. Yeah, that's the way it always is. Murder draws people like flies. Don't ask me why. Me? <laughs> my idea of a good time at night is going out to see a good movie. <laughs> well, there's no accounting for tastes, Lieutenant. <laughs> Ain't that the God's truth? Look, there's O'Rourke guarding the door. Hey, Pat. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, Officer O'Rourke? Hi, Sarge. <clears throat> I mean, Lieutenant. Boy, am I glad you're here. A mob inside this dump, trying to get out, and a mob outside, trying to get in. I feel like a salami sandwich. <laughs> O'Rourke on rye, eh, Pat? Oh, hello there, Miss Rogers. Glad to see you. I was wondering who was going to help Mike... Crack this case. Mm. That'll do, Pat. Now, everybody what was in the cafe when this happened is still in there? Yep, unless they flew out. Nobody got past me. And Tom Balderston is guarding the only other door, out back. Hey, you, where do you think you're going to? I've told you three times, officer. I must get into the club. A group of friends are waiting for me. I'm late now. They'll be wondering where... And I told you three times that there ain't nobody going in or out. Your friends got a lot more to worry about than where you are. So get. Beat it. Scram. I'll have you understand, sir. I'm a respectable, tax-paying citizen. It's my privilege to go where I please. I demand the right to... Ah, shut up, you. Okay, O'Rourke, let him in with us. It's his funeral. Serves him right if we have to shove them all in the clink overnight. Open up, will ya? Right, Sarge. I mean, Lieutenant. Stand back there, everybody, and quit shoving, or I'll... Go ahead, Miss Rogers. Lieutenant, you too, mister. Thanks, Lieutenant, for getting me inside. I've been trying to join my friends for the past quarter hour. Uh, my name's Duncan. Slade Duncan. If there's ever anything that I can do for you. Skip it, Mr. Duncan. It's your skin, not mine. Go ahead, Miss Rogers. Yes, thanks. Oof. 
just like moving from one subway car into another, ain't it? Yes, it certainly is, Lieutenant. Here comes Pierre. Pierre? Hmm. The manager of the cafe. Monsieur le Capitaine, je vous prie. She could be pushed up. C'est affaire si douloureuse, n'est-ce pas? Is that it happened in the cafe Montmartre? I am grieved. Even yet, I do not understand. Never before did we have such an accident. An accident? Never mind the gab, Frenchie. Where's the stiff? And who knocked him off? Knocked him? Mais non, monsieur, vous ne comprenez pas? It was no person who killed Monsieur Thrasher. It was the oysters. The bad, bad oysters. Oysters? What? I thought this was a murder. Mais non, monsieur. A death, yes. But not a murder. Monsieur Thrasher was... Pierre, did you say Mr. Thrasher? Mais oui, monsieur, it was... But, but, great Scott, that's the man who invited me here. I, I was to join his dinner party. I had no idea. I believe I'd better leave. Good heavens. I don't want to get involved in any scandal. Oh, no, pal. You're a respectable tax-paying citizen, remember? It's your privilege to go where you please. You demanded the right to come in here now. You stay put. But, 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 but really, Lieutenant... You buttered your bread, now lie in it. I might want you to identify the corpus. So you come along with us. Okay, Frenchie. Where's the stiff? In one of our private dining rooms. Follow me, please. I will show you. In here, s'il vous plaît. The people in this room are the members of Monsieur Thrasher's dinner party. It's an officer! Thank goodness! The police at last! We want to get out of here! Shut the door, Frenchie. Now quiet, everybody. Please. The sooner we get this over with, the quicker you can all leave. Hmm. Maybe. So, that's Thrasher, eh? That was Thrasher. He's not a very pleasant sight. Pleasant? No. He's horrible. Those eyes, staring at us, accusing us. We saw him die, and now they're making us stay here. Just looking at him. Looking at those terrible eyes. There now, Jackie. Easy does it. Officer, this has been very upsetting to Miss Marsh. Could we just leave this room? In a minute. If Frenchie is right about them oysters killing him, you won't have to stay here much longer. Hey, Duncan, Miss Rogers, come back here. Miss Rogers, I'm ashamed of you. I asked you before we come here not to touch nothing. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. I, I, I just wanted to see... I'm not touching anything, Mike. Just looking at the body. And I'm afraid Pierre was mistaken. Mademoiselle? Mistaken? What do you mean? Have you looked carefully at Mr. Thrasher's body? 
See how strained and rigid it is? Bent backwards almost from the convulsions he suffered. Those symptoms are characteristic of strychnine, Mike. Well, yes, but what... Strychnine? Strychnine poison? By golly, now, that's something. But if it wasn't the oysters that killed him, then what? That's what makes it rather confusing, Lieutenant. Oysters don't cause strychnine poisoning, of course. But there is strychnine in these oysters. Here, smell. Notice the distinctive bitter odor? Miss Rogers, I am a detective, not a bloodhound. Strychnine, eh? Hmm, okay. I'll have the lab check the oysters. Meanwhile, I'll do a little check-in myself. Pardon, monsieur, but is it permitted that I leave now? I have much to do, and... Huh? What? I guess so. Er, Lieutenant? Yes, Miss Rogers? Strychnine is a very quick-acting poison. Of course, if Pierre wasn't near Thrasher at any time, he couldn't have... How about that, Frenchie? Was he near this table at all? Why, why yes, monsieur, for a so short moment, when the party first arrived. Then you better stick around, and it might be a good idea to send for the waiter who served the oysters too. Don't you think so, lieutenant? I was just getting ready to do that, Miss Rogers. You, Frenchy, go. Get him and bring him back here. Oui, monsieur, c'est un mot. Now, the rest of you, I'd like to know who you all are. You first, please, uh, Miss... Uh... You do not know who I am? You think I'm talking to hear my own voice? I am Mendoza. Mendoza what? Dolores Mendoza, officer. The dancer? The famous dancer. Famous... Well, <laughs> I never heard of you. Lieutenant, really? Miss Mendoza is an internationally known ballerina. There! Now you see? Okay, okay, Miss Rogers says so. I'll put that down. Famous concertina. Ballerina, Mike. Okay, close enough. Well, Miss Concertina, what were you doing at this party? I come because I am invite. That is all. I see. Sure you weren't sweet on Thrasher? Sweet? On him? He was a bum. A what? I believe Miss Mendoza means she didn't particularly care for Mr. Thrasher. Oh, no? Then why did you come to his party? Because I had to. For business reasons. I am not only prima ballerina but manager of a dance troupe. Mr. Thrasher had many connections in the theatrical world. I was dependent upon him to get bookings. Pardon me, Miss Mendoza, but regarding this business arrangement that you had with Mr. Thrasher, I assume he took a percentage of your earnings for acting as your business agent. He did. The bloodsucker. The usual 10%? <laughs> I pay twenty-five. Oh? When first I bring my dancing troupe to this country, I do not know... Oh, how you say... The ropes. I sign contract, giving him twenty-five percent of our income. 
later I learn that I am being, how you say, swindled. But by that time, it is too late to do anything. Except maybe to, how you say, rub him out. What? You dare accuse me, Dolores Maria Dona Cristobal Angela Mendoza, of doing such a thing? Okay, okay, calm down. I'll come back to you later. Now, yeah? What is it? Pardon, monsieur, it is only I, Pierre. I bring the waiter who served Monsieur Thrasher's table this evening. Okay, come in. Well, you... What's your name? Henri, monsieur? Henri? Um, oui. Mon nom est Henri Lebrun. Excuse me a moment, lieutenant. You mean Henry Brown, don't you? Mademoiselle Genet. Genet. Ah, skip it. Yes, that's right. Hey... What's going on here? I don't know, Lieutenant, but judging from his, um, accent, Mr. Brown is no more French than I am. He seems to have merely changed his English name to the French version. Ho, ho! Changed his name, eh? How come? Well, I... I... It's the policy of the café, sir. All the waiters who are not actually French must create French names for themselves. Monsieur Pierre will tell you. Brown? Henry Brown? I say, you wouldn't happen to be the same Henry Brown who... Well, Duncan, go on. Well, it's really none of my business. Keep talking. It's, it's really nothing, Lieutenant. I couldn't help noticing the similarity of the names, that's all. Mr. Thresher was responsible for the failure of a Brown Investment Corporation a few years ago. It was a rather tricky bit of work. I just wondered if... Yeah, so do I. How about it, Brown? Were you ever connected with that corporation? I was the president. You? And now you're a, a waiter? I had no choice. I was wiped out. When Thrasher ruined my business, I... I... And you waited on this table tonight. You're the guy that brought these oysters? That is correct, but... Didn't Thrasher recognize you? Well, as a matter of fact, sir... Recognize him? He certainly did. I told you Thrasher was a boom. He makes laughs at this poor fellow in front of us. He did? As a matter of fact, he did. And, if that wasn't enough, he seemed to get a kick out of putting the spurs to this chap. He asked for more ice in the glasses, complained about a draft from one of the windows. And, did Mr. Brown seem to resent this? Really, miss, I assure you. He wasn't any too happy about it. If looks could kill, Thrasher would have... Looks can't kill, but poison can. Pierre, did this here waiter know who he was going to be serving tonight? Why, 
Why, yes, monsieur. I told him earlier this evening, and warned him to be especially careful, since monsieur Thrasher was a very difficult patron. I see. Well, Brown, it was a swell set-up, wasn't it? I beg your pardon, sir, but you can't think I... Looked like a perfect chance to get revenge without being caught, didn't it? Dose them oysters with strychnine and... No, 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 no. There is no way. I couldn't possibly... No, you'd be better off to not say nothing. I'll take your confession if you want, but it's me duty to warn you that anything you say can be used against you, because I'm holding you on suspicion of committing the murder of Richard Thrasher. We'll return to this gripping episode of Hot Copy in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Madison is on the air. What happens when 20-something Madison is zapped into old-time radio shows? The last thing I remember was working on my makeup blog. No technology. Your technology is so old, the only thing I recognize on my desk are the pens. No Starbucks. I haven't had a mocha latte in months. And no one is PC. You don't think a woman could cloud men's minds? You think men's minds are all that complicated? It's mostly just beer and video games in there. Madison on the Air serves to highlight the way we were and the way we are today with original radio drama scripts adapted to include the modern-day Madison as she joins famous characters from radio's past. Saint. Simon. Whatever. Madison Standish. Give me that phone. Johnny Dollar. My partner's Madison Standish. Hi. My name's Friday. Kato! This is the Green Hornet. Really digging Dracula's OG goth style. What if I killed freaking Sherlock Holmes? And many more. Visit us on the web at madisonontheair.com or find us pretty much any place podcasts can be found. And now, back to Hot Copy. Mr. Richard Thrasher, a playboy, wealthy financier, show-off, and a thoroughly contemptible and untrustworthy human being, has been poisoned. The waiter who served death on the half-shell has just been accused of murder. Flanagan, are you sure that you aren't moving a little too fast? After all, you haven't even got a shred of evidence that Mr. Brown poisoned Mr. Thrasher's oysters. Miss Rogers, when I get me hands on a suspect who had the means, the opportunity, and the motive for killing a guy, I arrest him first and fit the pieces together afterward. But Brown waiting on that table was purely a coincidence. Sure, except that he knew in advance that he was going to do it. Look, Miss Rogers, you see this here hat? Why, yes, of course. Well, if Henry Brown didn't kill Thrasher, I'll eat it, sweatband and all, in front of your favorite restaurant in town. But, Lieutenant, you haven't questioned the other suspects. Oh, I will, later, just to keep everything official. But I'll only be wasting me time and theirs. I already got the guy I want. Didn't you say yourself that strychnine is a fast-acting poison? Yes, that's right. Then it stands to reason Thrasher got dosed after he reached the cafe, doesn't it? 
Well, it would seem so. Sure. Well, now, you take five people sitting around a table. Four. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's right. The other guy hadn't even arrived yet. Well, you take four people sitting around a table chatting. They got their eyes on each other. Nobody's got a dog's chance of slipping poison into Richard Thrasher's bivalves without everybody else seeing it done. Well? Lieutenant Flanagan, your erudition amazes me. Ah, then you admit I'm right. No, I'm astonished that you knew oysters were bivalves. Okay, have your little joke. But I'm taking the murderer into a private room right now for a quiet talk. If he wants to talk. Lieutenant? Brown, come with me. Yes, Miss Rogers? Have you any objection to my questioning the others while you're gone? No. Amuse yourself if you want to. You folks will oblige me by answering Miss Rogers' questions. <laughs> I think she's working on her policewoman examinations. Meanwhile, this way, Brown. Well, Miss Rogers, it seems that the lieutenant's final instructions gave you a certain legal standing. If there is anything we can do to help you... Thank you, Mr. Duncan. As you've gathered, I'm not quite satisfied with the lieutenant's easy solution of this problem. I would feel more at ease if I knew something about each of you. For instance, you, Mr... Bear. Mr. Bear, why did you come to this party? The whole truth... And nothing but the truth? That's what I'd like. Well, frankly, I came because I jolly well had to. I am, or was, in debt to Richard Thrasher. He was a social climber. And I think you know my family. That is, I mean, who they are. Bear. Bear? Oh, yes, of course. Well, the interest that Thrasher charged on my debt was that I would be required, whenever he demanded it, to come to his little parties, and also to be seen with him in public places. And you, of course, disliked this setup. What could I do? He was a skunk. Frankly, Miss Rogers, I think that whoever killed him deserves a Congressional Medal. Or a vote of thanks from the Moral Purity League. Oh? What do you mean? Ugh, that old hypochondriac thought he was Casanova. He'd make passes at anything that wore lipstick. The implication is, he made passes at you? Yes, and not just me. He'd make passes at girls practically every hour on the hour. At Miss Mendoza, at waitresses, at models, at secretaries, at college girls, at... These affairs of the heart, they never cost him money? Nothing ever cost Thrasher money, Miss Rogers. He had only one real skill. He was a genius at robbing others to feather his own nest. Had he ever victimized you, Mr. Duncan? Fortunately, no. Though I can't say what might have happened if he had lived. He was supposed to be my friend, but he had wormed his way into my business. I'm in wholesale leather, you know, and only the other day he was threatening to sell me out. Somehow... He picked up a voting control of the stock. The more I learn about Thrasher, the more amazing he becomes. 
a man with a distinct flair for underhanded business practices, a would-be Don Juan, and evidently utterly ruthless in getting what he wanted out of life. Pierre, it wouldn't surprise me in the least to learn that he owned the Café Montmartre. As a matter of fact, Mademoiselle Rogers, I might as well tell you, it will come out when the estate is settled, Mr. Thrasher did own a controlling interest in the café. Then you, too, had a reason for wanting... Oui, I suppose one might say so. <laughs> what is so funny? I don't understand. <laughs> Miss Rogers, what on earth? <laughs> Why are you... <laughs> hey, what's going on in here? Mike. <laughs> All right. Come in here, Brown, and shut the door. So, what's the joke? What's all the commotion about? I heard you laughing like as if you were listening to a comedian in here. Well, it's really no laughing matter, Mike, but I just couldn't help being overwhelmed by the ridiculous irony of the situation. <laughs> what on earth are you talking about? It's simple as this. In detective fiction, there are always a half a dozen suspects, and each of them piously claim to have loved the corpus delecti, like a brother. But here we have a real-life murder case and a half-dozen possible suspects, each of whom not only hated, but boasted of having an excellent reason for killing the dead man. Is that all? You raised all that ruckus for nothing at all. You didn't learn nothing? Not a thing, except that Richard Thrasher's favorite thing in life was playing Big Shot. That's no mistake. Everything had to be done the show-off way. Even our getting here tonight, for instance. Really? What do you mean? Oh, it wasn't good enough we should simply meet him here for dinner. He had to play the perfect host. You know, drive by for each of us in a big limousine. Fancy chauffeur and all of that sort of thing. Is that so? I hadn't heard that before. Well, that's what happened. He picked me up first at my house. Then we stopped for Dolores. Went by for Duncan, too, but he wasn't ready yet. So we picked up Jackie at her apartment, and... I... I see. And tell me something. After you entered the restaurant, was everything perfectly normal? I mean, did Thrasher appear to be in perfect health? Was he all right until after he ate the oysters? Yes, perfectly all right. That is, until he ate the oysters. Almost immediately, he pushed back from the table. A most horrible look came to his eyes. He seemed to be trying to speak, but the words just wouldn't come. He, he... Someone, I think it was Dolores, reached out and touched his hand. The moment she did so... Yes, I can guess. That's another symptom of strychnine poisoning. The mere touch of a hand is sufficient to bring about convulsions. But you're sure he was in perfect health until that time? He complained of nothing? No, not a thing. He... he... Yes, Mr. Brown? He did make one small complaint, miss. It was of no significance, though. What was it? Just as he and the party sat down at their table, he motioned for me to close the window behind him. 
that window over there. Oh? Did he say why? I... I really don't know. I closed the... Yes, by Jove, I remember that. He said he had a stiff neck. To tell the truth, it didn't make much impression on me at the time. Because Thrasher was a constant hypochondriac anyway. That's the truth. I was his office manager. So I saw his personal habits every single day. <laughs> Whether I wanted to or not. He was always pampering some ailment, whether real or imaginary. He was a sucker for every miracle cure that he happened to hear about. Pills, powders, soothing syrups, all of that type of snake oil. Look here, Miss Rogers. This ain't getting us nowhere fast. A stiff neck. But he hadn't even tasted. Miss Mendoza. Yes, Miss Rogers? You sat next to Mr. Thrasher, I believe. Tell me something. When you first sat down, even before he tasted the oysters, how did he look? Was he flushed? Nervous? Him... flushed? No. The opposite. He looked pasty. Doves. Like a zombie. A zombie. A walking dead man. Come on, Brown. We're getting out of here. This ain't no investigation. It's turned into an organ recital. Lieutenant! Yeah? I wouldn't leave if I were you, because I believe this case is solved. You're telling me. <laughs> That's what I said. Except it wasn't Brown who murdered Thrasher. <gasps> I told you I was innocent. What on earth? Who? What are you talking about? Dios mio! My word! I don't understand. It was not Monsieur Brown? No. You heard how Thrasher complained of a stiff neck immediately after entering the cafe? A tight, stiff feeling at the nape is the first symptom experienced by strychnine victims. In other words, Thrasher was not poisoned after he got here, but while he was on his way. What? He was not poisoned here? It's impossible! What? No! This is just so confusing. But who could have done it? Huh? But look, the poison on them oysters. That was a trick to throw us off the trail. A blind alley. Richard Thrasher was a walking dead man when he entered the cafe tonight. And I believe I know who his murderer was. Mr. Bear? Now, Miss Rogers, I didn't... You said a few moments ago you were the first guest picked up by Mr. Thrasher? You... Yes, that's right, but I never... Bob, great Scott, my boy, you, you shouldn't have... Miss Marsh has told us that Thrasher liked to play the big shot, call for each of his guests at their door. Therefore, we may assume he ran up alone to Mr. Duncan's apartment when you stopped there. Is that right? Why, yes, it is. Yes, that is right. Miss Rogers... Do you realize what you are saying? Yes, Mr. Duncan. That you killed Thrasher. I... You... You must be crazy. You're absolutely... It was a clever scheme. You knew that Thrasher was such an intense hypochondriac that he had become a sucker for any so-called cure for his imaginary medical problems. So what? All of us knew that. When he came to your house, you told him you weren't ready yet, 
that he should run along and you join him later. Isn't that true? Well, it is true. I wasn't quite ready. But before he left, you showed him a new kind of stomach tablet or headache pill or something of the sort. Actually, the thing you gave him was a strychnine capsule, thickly coated with gelatin, so it would take about 30 minutes or so to dissolve and kill. That's ridiculous. It's a wild, insane theory. If I had poisoned him, then why on earth would I have come here at all? That's right, Miss Rogers. Why? He'd be nuts to stick his neck into a noose like that. His coming here was necessary, Lieutenant, for two reasons. First, to establish an alibi by making a spectacle of his efforts to get into the cafe after the murder, and secondly, to pin the guilt on someone else. Think, if Thrasher had just died mysteriously here in the restaurant, an autopsy would have shown he was poisoned. Yeah, that's right. But there would have been no poison in the food. Therefore, Duncan had to arrive after the death in order to pour strychnine on something Thrasher had eaten. In this case, the oysters. Well, I'll be... By making himself appear to be completely innocent, Duncan didn't expect to be searched. But, if I'm not mistaken, he should still have, in one of his pockets, the container from which he poured strychnine on these oysters. After we entered this room, when he was snooping around the table. Oh, no! Stop him, Mike! He's trying to make a run for it! Oh, no, you don't. Duncan, give me that bottle and keep your hands up while you're at it. I'm charging you with the murder of Richard Thrasher. Well, Miss Rogers, we sure wound this one up in a hurry, didn't we? Yes, we did. Didn't we? This was one time the murder was committed by the man who didn't come to dinner. Yep. Golly, your mentioning dinner reminds me. We ain't even at yet. I'm hungry as an ox. What say we go somewheres and grab a snack? Fine. I was just going to suggest the same thing. My favorite restaurant is just across the street. That place? It's a nice joint, but I'd rather go somewhere privater. I don't like to sit behind them big plate glass windows where everybody can see me eating. Oh, but I'm afraid they're necessary, Lieutenant. You see, I'll be inside eating, but I want to be able to look through them to see you, outside, eating that nice new hat of yours, sweatband and all. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our recreation of Murder on the Half Shell, a lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on April 23, 1944. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Ann Rogers, Jerry Kokich as Lieutenant Mike Flanagan, Pete Lutz as Slade Duncan, Dante Barber as Bob Bear, Christian Newhouse as Pierre, Samantha Thompson as Jackie Marsh, Aaron Summonsby as Dolores Mendoza, George Worrell as Officer Patrick O'Rourke, Patrick Brancato as Richard Thrasher, 
And, finally, yours truly, Logan Smith, as Henry Brown, and as your announcer. This episode was adapted from the original script, written by Nelson S. Bond. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater. (laughs) 